You're listening to season two of Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, composers, performers, and kids. Kids like you. We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it so interesting and fun and sometimes strange. Because music is for you. I am your co-host, Arlene. And I am your co-host, Rebecca Lane, Sarah's mom and director and owner of the Lane School of Music. Let's Let's cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Kids Cue the Music. I'm your co-host. My name is Arlene. And I'm, yes, my mom. Her name is Rebecca Lane. I'm a co-host as well, Rebecca Lane. Nice to see you. Today we are chatting with Alice Hong, violinist extraordinaire, composer, photographer, cat lover, and soon-to-be movie star. <clears throat> what, she's in the movie? Yeah, I know. So cool. We're going to find out all about it. What is he? Roll Asker. Alice, are you there? I am. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, your age, and what instruments or instrument you play, and how you got started as a musician? Okay, so my name is Alice Hong. I play the violin, piano. I also like to take pictures on my camera. I like to write music as well, and I guess I started acting just a little bit. <laughs> so that is all stuff that seems really unrelated, but somehow come together when I want it to. Yeah, you've made all of these things connect with music. It's really cool. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started playing the violin and piano? So I started piano when I was five. That was my first instrument. My mom found a piano in the back of the apartment building that we were living in, and she brought it back in. My brother and I both started lessons, and I really loved it. But I saw someone play the violin one day when I was eight, and I told myself, okay, I like piano, but I love violin. So I asked my mom if I could play it, and she said, no. (laughs) And I kept begging her. She was already have so much going on in your life. I don't think you have time for violin, but I'm really happy that I convinced her that I want, this is what I want. I want to play violin. And when I was 10, she finally let me, and I, I've been playing ever since. <laughs> you didn't start until you were 10. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's unusual for people to start that late and then become a professional violinist, like to go that far. I mean, obviously you can start at any time and enjoy it. But most professional violinists start when they're much younger. So that's very exciting to hear. Yeah, I think it was anything that kept me back in any way. I think it, if anything, I wanted to work even harder because I loved it so much. And I was ready to, to join forces with people who have been playing longer than I have. <laughs> that's amazing. Basically, the same is happening for me, except the opposite. Because I want to play the piano and my mom's saying no. Ah, interesting. <laughs> I'm curious to know, Alice, like, did your mom have to make sure that you were practicing your your piano before she let you start violin? And were you allowed to quit piano or did you keep up with both? So I liked piano enough that I practiced a lot on my own accord. But when I turned 13, that was the day or that was the year when I thought, okay, I need to decide what I really want to do. It is hard to split time for both. I remember in the summer, my mom would 
make me record all the hours that I practice violin and all the hours that I re- I practice piano. And that was it. It got to, uh, really hard after a while. <laughs> so when I turned fourteen, I went to a boarding school for a year, and that where I applied as a violin major. And when I started that journey, I decided I was going to quit piano and dance and the other stuff I was part of and just focus. And that was my journey. But I still think that you can do both. Yeah, you have to be able to practice both. Like you <laughs> won't even get a piano or something. I've already composed like five songs on a piano. I know. Oh wow! Know. <laughs> Maybe more like eighteen or something. Every time Zara sees a, viol- a piano, she wants to play it. And I'm like, but we started on violin, and so hard to. Yeah, you know, I should let you choose. You know, piano. I think no matter what instrument you play, everyone should learn a little bit of piano because it's really helpful for theory, just for listening to music in your head. Well, it's fun. (laughs) Well, it's helpful. It's not good that you're not letting me play it. Pretty, pretty much every guest that we've interviewed this year has said that I need to let Sarah do piano lessons, and I we just haven't had the. We we don't even get do violin successfully right now. Like we don't even practice violin very much. <laughs> so it's hard to imagine I think adding it nonstop. It's I, true. You would I don't probably know practice how to play piano, piano properly. I just feel like yeah, she loves tinkering on a piano. All right, next question. What does a normal day look like for you as a violinist? How much do you practice? Do you play in any assembly ensemble? Ensemble. Wait, so do you have like an A or an O? It's a French word, I think. Ensembles. Do you play in any ensembles, Alice? Yes. That's kind of a complicated answer, actually. So a typical day for me, I usually actually go to orchestra rehearsal. I'm not a full-time member, but I have the opportunity to play with Atlanta Symphony quite often, which I'm really grateful for. So usually I'm there in the morning, and then I come home and I work on something that I want to work on. Sometimes it's an arrangement, sometimes it's writing a piece. Sometimes it's just running errands. Sometimes you gotta do that. <laughs> and then at right, I usually head off in whatever dress I want, in any color that I want, to a candlelight concert, which is something that I perform with my amazing quartet, the Edgewood String Quartet. This is a group that started during COVID-19. We weren't performing at all for anyone. And then one day we got an email saying, we're starting candlelight concerts in Atlanta. It's the first city in North America that's going to try this. And we're going to do it outside, socially distanced, masks and everything. It's going to be safe and it's going to be fun. And that was the first time we performed since COVID-19 shut everything down. And we just fell in love with the concerts. We fell in love with playing with each other. And so now we, um, we do that at least twice a week about, and we have an Instagram and everything, and it's, it's just been a really great journey <laughs> to be on. What is a candlelight concert? So, candlelight concerts, which actually happen in Canada as well. There's a group in Toronto playing them, and they're wonderful people. But they are these concerts that are just chamber concerts. You can play classical music and solo arrangements of non-classical music, but the cool part is that they have all these candles around you. They're I think for us, we have probably almost a thousand candles in our venues at a time. It's all electric, so it's safe, but it's beautiful. And my favorite part about it is that people who never would have gone to a classical music concert come to these, and then they go away really loving classical music. So that's really fun to see. That's so cool. What other cities are they in? 
So right now they're kind of taking over everywhere. They, they're in Houston, Nashville, San Diego, Los Angeles, Boston, New York, Chicago, Toronto, Montreal. I think they're happening in Vancouver, but really, yeah, so many cities are showcasing this kind of concert and it's really cool. That's so cool. We'll have to look some of it up and like link to it in the show notes. That's so cool. Thank you for telling us about that. It's very interesting. I heard you composed some beautiful music for violin. Can you tell us a bit about how you composed, a bit how you composed music? How do you think up ideas and melodies for your music? Hmm. Actually, that goes back to piano because I usually always start writing my pieces on a piano. Just like I do. I just stick the piano app on my tablet and I like put it on a, so I find <laughs> something that sounds good. Nice. Exactly. Or something. Exactly. Actually, I, you can't see it, but I have a keyboard next to me that anytime I get the bug to write, I just slip it under from my desk and start flying. And yeah, I, sometimes it's just something late at night or early in the morning when you know no one else is really around and you just, it's just you and an instrument and you just start playing. And even if you have no idea what's about to happen, something usually starts forming. And I always record when I start noodling on the piano, just in case something great happens. And I, I, I will never remember it. <laughs> so I always can listen back. And from then, that's where the seed starts growing. And you just start hearing it in your head over like the next few days and it starts forming into a piece on its own. You can find the melody in your head or on the piano. And then, Eventually, everything just starts piecing together until you have a full piece. And yeah, you make it sound so simple. I I would say that like mine is like my way of making pieces is way far too simple. What's your process? Sarah? I just I guess think of a theme for it. Like but I did one called danger or something. They just make it sound dangerous or something. Or I don't know. Yeah. And then you expand on that idea. Yeah, but it's mostly just the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Well, you know, every great piece or song has a really wonderful theme. And also, there's some really cool songs that just repeat over and over again. And that's like the cool part about it. So that's awesome. So it works. Yeah. There, you have the stamp of approval from an, a real composer. Alice, you're an amazing violinist, but you're also a very talented videographer and photographer. How did you get started in that, and how have you combined your love of music with your interest in taking beautiful pictures and making cool videos? Thank you, first of all. It's very <laughs> kind of you. <laughs> so I remember from a young age, I always liked taking pictures, and once I was in the Czech Republic for a festival, and I was taking my camera everywhere to document the, the trip, and I realized that I had broken it at some point, and it was really sad for me. But then I decided this is my chance to get a professional level camera. So I, I decided I'm going to upgrade instead of just think, Oh, I broke my camera and I have to get another one. And so I got my first DSLR, which is one of those fancy cameras that you can edit a lot on a computer with. And I started taking pictures for my friends at the time I was in college with other musicians and so I took all of their pictures and as a musician you always need a picture to showcase yourself with everyone's going to ask for it so I had all these wonderful clients and of course I didn't charge anything it was just a fun experience for all of us but then when I moved to Toronto 
I realized I really want to make a business out of this and I want to see if I can make money and support myself a little bit with photography. And luckily for me, everyone in Toronto is super cool and wants to make a business or do a cool project and they need the pictures to prove it and to showcase their work and to share themselves with the world. So I got to meet a lot of cool people, including you, Rebecca. Yes, that's how we met. You first did my headshots. Yes. And it was super fun. And it was a really calm but but exciting morning at the same time. And yeah, and so for me, that was a, a great way to make friends in Toronto. And I also loved combining music and photography together in a bunch of different ways. So I used to make some music videos to classical music. Now I really want to start a concert series where we're playing in a pitch black room and then we project all these different images onto the, the walls around us and, and it'll be kind of like we're stepping into a whole new world. And that's the next vision that I have for Ooh. combining that kind of stuff. Today I was actually filming a movie because we have iMovie on our phones and we were doing it outside because we just got a whole bunch of snow. Like at least a oh, yeah, snow. I oh, saw like a couple that. feet of snow. We get a lot of snow. Yeah. So we were out there and I was filming my brother running around in the snow. And I wasn't even wearing gloves. I was just out there. We haven't finished it yet. Yeah, you guys make a lot of movies. Yeah. There's one we made. There were two we made about our cat called Kitten of Destiny. Kitten of Destiny. Oh, the Kitty of Destiny. That's awesome. The cat features like, in our in your videos a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, in our our studio is called the Twin Cat Studio. Oh, that's really cute. I love I that. <laughs> so I see from Instagram, I know I have a beautiful cat. What is your cat's name? So I love my cat. Her name is Sweetie. Actually, when I first got her, I named her after my favorite quartet at the time, the Kiara String Quartet. So her name was Kiara. But she only answers to Sweetie. So she kind of named herself. She's actually right next to me. But <laughs> we'll hear it. Our cat actually is also named after a composer. Wait, what? And we never use his real name. Our cat is the same. His name is Maurice. We never call oh, him. No, I thought he was named after like Maurice for sure. Okay, so he is. So when I got on, Daddy and I had just started, your dad had just, and I had just started dating. And uh-huh. um, I just, because your dad, Zara, is really quite a hockey fan and I'm a musician so we named the cat Maurice because there's a famous hockey player called Maurice Bouchard uh-huh. and there's a famous composer named Maurice Ravel and I was like oh this is perfect it was that, the that's awesome. we called yeah they're both French I, I think like Maurice Richard means like Reese Richard or something Richard yeah <laughs> we called him Maurice the cat we called him Maurice for like five seconds and then he just became the boy or kitty or oh, never use his real name. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we'll do it. Maybe the next cat, we'll call him. What should we name our next cat? I don't know. I mean, this is probably not the time to decide, but it has come up that we probably should have named him Rocket. Rocket? Because, Why? Because Maurice Richard's nickname was Rocket Richard. And as a kitten, uh, the cat was like, like all kittens are. He's like running around and stuff. Oh, well, that's why I named Chase. I did. Yeah, we did name Chase. Because you were always chasing him around. Well, I mean, I wasn't chasing him when he was small. He was a baby. He, oh, so we called him Charles when he was a baby. But then when he grew up, it was like, okay, yeah, Chase makes sense. <laughs> and now he's, and now like his, his messenger account is Charles. Yeah. Like, I no, know, I, I, I mean, we call him Charles. Like, uh-huh. It's like 
It's like the cat. I'm like, Chase, can you go give me that blanket? Chase, can you go? I know. <laughs> so, okay, getting back to the topic at hand. Alice, you were recently in a movie. Can you what? tell? Yeah. Like, super cool. Which movie? Which movie? I know that you were playing your violin in it. Tell us everything, because this sounds so interesting. <laughs> Is it a okay. scary movie? No, it wasn't, but it was an action movie. And it, it's called Red Notice. It starred Dwayne Johnson, or The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. I have no idea how I got so lucky to be a part of it. But the cool thing about COVID... Not a lot of things are cool about COVID, but the one thing for us in Atlanta is that a lot of the stuff that filmed in LA came to Atlanta. And so suddenly we had all these movie projects that were willing to try to keep things safe, but still film during COVID. And they were looking for people who were willing to come not only film with them, but live in a hotel with them where you can't leave the hotel except to go to set and then back. And so we call that the bubble. So I found out that this Netflix movie was looking for a band and that band had two violinists, a cellist, keyboard, guitar, and drums. And I, I just applied randomly. I used some of my videos that I made for my YouTube project, Project Mainstream. So I went there with my violin. I was ready to stay for three weeks. And then they decided they needed us for five weeks. So we just lived in that bubble. I had to quarantine. I could not leave my hotel room for eight days. And then once we were done, we came out, we got onto set. And the first person I saw was The Rock. But the funny part is it was The Rock and three of his body doubles. So for a while, I couldn't tell which one was him. I I finally could tell because I figured out which one his mask was. But besides that, they were all super strong and bald and tattooed. <laughs> what do you mean The Rock? So The Rock is a, a former wrestler, I think, who became an actor. And he's in all these fun movies. He's in Jumanji. What else was he in? <laughs> I don't know. He's been in everything. But his like his stage name sort of is The Rock. Why? Because he's big and strong, like a rock. Yeah, he's, he looks like a rock. <laughs> and did you understand what Alice meant when she said body doubles? Can you tell us what a body double is? So in the movie, especially an action movie, the actor has to do a lot of cool, like jumping off of buildings or jumping onto a helicopter. Oh, yeah. Like in all superhero movies, there's superhero. Yeah. yeah. Like doing, doing yeah. stunts. Like in some movies, like in The Hobbit, I think, people were doing stunts in the building or something. The, the real actor couldn't do it, so another guy did it for him, I guess. And they made sure not to show his face. Yeah. So actually, in the scene that I'm in, which is a ballroom scene, The Rock and Gal Gadot are dancing together. I watched them film it because I was, I was right there behind them, and it was not The Rock. <laughs> and it was not Gal. <laughs> it, was, it was their body doubles. And you, can, you know exactly which scenes they're from because you only see their feet or their backs. And... You'll know that's not them. <laughs> their body double. <laughs> because they didn't know how to dance as well as their body doubles, maybe? Yeah, or maybe they, if they would have had to like, be paid more or something to dance. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What do you mean they couldn't dance? Anybody could dance. I mean, maybe it's fancy ballroom dancing. I don't know. So any other like fun stories from the set? Yeah, so because it happened in the pandemic, we had to 
wear three different masks at once. We had KN95, which is the big white mask that you sometimes see when people are flying. We also had a face shield on. And at one point, they had a separate mask where they had our faces printed on them. So it would look like us, even though we had masks on, and it didn't work. It did not look, it looked a little scary. And then we also were in a masquerade ball scene. So if you watch the movie and you find the scene that I'm in, you'll see that I'm wearing like a, the mask over my eyes, but it's also like, like a foot tall of just feathers. And it's really cool. So some people had that mask on as well. (laughs) It's a lot. And, Every morning at 7 a.m., we went and tested for COVID. And if we were negative, we could go on set. If not, we went right back to the hotel and stayed there for another eight days. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Opera or cheese? 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 Welcome to another episode of Opera or Cheese. <laughs> would you like to play a game of Opera or Cheese? I would love to play a game of Opera or Cheese. Fantastic. Can you explain how to play Zara? In this case, I will, shall say some weird word, and we will guess if it is a kind of <laughs> a kind of cheese. Hence the name Opera or Cheese. Are you ready? Opera yes. or cheese. Alice, this starts happening about 25 minutes into recording that Zara starts to get really silly. <laughs> Her best material comes out here. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> the best part about this is when I was reading them, I kept mispronouncing everything. Like, I don't I don't actually know very many operas. I've never played in an opera. I mean, only a handful of times. So I'm and I don't many cheeses, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's embarrassing. It's better when she reads them. Epoises D... <laughs> Borgogna. Epoises de Borgogna. Yeah. Can you spell it for us? E with a weird thing on top. An accent, maybe? Yeah. P O I S S E S space D E space. This is embarrassing. B O U R G O N E. Okay, I, I think I know what I think it is. Alice, do you know what you do? You have a guess? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say, oh, no. You know, it sounds like an opera name, but I've never heard of it. So <laughs> now I'm a little nervous. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say opera because it just it seems a little long for a cheese. But I, I think it's a cheese. That was the trick. I, I, I tried to pick one that sounded like an opera. Yeah, I mean, you should be oh, tricking us. Yeah, what is it? It was de Bourgogne. Big I don't want to cheat. No, I'm gonna cheat. Oh no! I already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, to be completely transparent, I have seen the list already, uh. so maybe subconsciously it sank in. Okay, we'll make sure you actually save the opposite just to be safe. Okay. Okay, I found a really long one. Oh, okay. The faster button sauced. Can you spell it? <laughs> it sounds German. Me. Okay, with two dots over it. Okay. S T E R B O T T E N. Faster button. S O S T. Sauced. Oh, S O S T. Okay. Um, so Faster button sauce. Sauced. Is that right? <laughs> Faster button sauced. I've never heard of this in opera or cheese. Ooh, save. I'm gonna. Oh no. I might be zero for three, but I I think it's a cheese just because that 
I, I'm gonna go with opera this time. Whoa! She was right and you were wrong. Alice oh, got it right. Yeah. And oh, you goodness. Did it wrong. I was oh, not okay. sure. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's a it's a cheese. Uh, I guess you never looked at it before. I guess that's your button sauce. Okay. Yeah. Never never heard that word before. I wonder what kind of cheese it is. Yeah, I want to try these. Yeah. It's almost the Tija part is almost spelled the name of one of my friends. Oh. Taya. Okay. T I J A T E J. Okay. How how do you spell okay. this? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. 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 C O T I J A. Kotija. 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 Yeah. Maybe it's Spanish. That sounds like the cheese. But then they're all cheeses, and that oh. makes me suspicious. <laughs> uh, I, I also am going to go with cheese. Honestly, I wish I could have four cherries. Is it a cheese? Yeah. <laughs> you both got it right <laughs> for one. <laughs> okay, do you want to do one more? But then we know it's an opera. Yeah, we know it's an opera. So, okay, do one more just so that we learn what an opera is. Learn a new opera name today. What? A cappella. A cappella? Oh. In- it's a musical term. I I don't know if I've ever heard of an opera with that name. Have you, Alice? I don't think so. Maybe it's like a musical. Cheese. Mm-hmm. That's why. Come on. Cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you trickster. Oh wow. That was good. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna give that to you. <laughs> Maybe that's when I'm good at tricking people. Yeah, I mean I think you really won this round, Zara. Cheese. Opera. Opera. Cheese. Opera. Or cheese. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today, Alice. This was so Thanks much fun. Thanks for having me. It was. It really was fun. I want to play opera or cheese again. <laughs> that was so fun. How can we hear your music and learn more about you? So I have a, a website which has a lot of that stuff on there. It's my name, alicewyhong.com. Also, if you want to know about my quartet, we have a website too. It's edgewoodstringquartet.com. Yeah, hopefully I can come back to Toronto sometime and play again. Yeah, that would be so great. And we'll put your Instagram handles in the show notes as well, so people can Yay. follow you and learn more about you there. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much. It was great chatting. It was great to chat with you, too. Bye. Can you say bye-bye? Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Kids Cue the Music. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to follow us on iTunes and follow us on social media at Lane School of Music. I'm Zara Lane. And I'm Rebecca Lane. See you next time on Kids Cue the Music. music.